Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open's podcast, the master's class, and here I am with our masters because school is now in session. I'm here with Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, and what we're talking about today on the master's class are changes gone wrong. What am I talking about? Characters. That are what whoop 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 way out there that we did not like, and we're gonna start with our very own Bully Ray. Bully Ray, give me a character change that you despised in the world of pro wrestling. No, 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 no. I didn't know we were doing something that I despised. I definitely don't despise this character change, but I don't okay. think this character change went as well as the WWE would have hoped. It went it wrong. Had. Can we agree that it went wrong? You know, I don't even know if it went wrong. It just didn't work. Okay. And, you know, when you say it didn't work, it could have not worked for a variety of reasons. But I will say this before I give the name of the man and the character, I will say that this person tried his damnedest to make it work, but it just didn't click. And I think it had more to do with creative than anything else. So my choice for character changes or gimmick changes that just didn't work was pretty damn close to me. So that would be Devon Dudley to the Reverend Devon. Um, when the initial draft hit in whatever year it was, 2003, 2004, Vince had came to me and Devon and said he wanted to shake the draft up and he wanted to do something very drastic that people would never see coming. Thus, he decided to split me and Devon up. I think I went number six in the draft. He went number seven in the draft and the duds went their separate ways for the first time ever. I turned into this sports entertainer, hardcore guy singing and dancing and juggling and doing the hardcore division uh, and Devon turned into Reverend Devon Dudley. Now, for those that don't know, Devon's family, his mom and dad were preachers and he, he came up, he grew up in the church. So this type of gimmick was very near and dear to Devon. Devon felt that he could pull it off. And every time I saw Devon go out there, I thought he did pull it off very well. But it was a drastic change. And I, I we always talked about we never thought it would work. Uh, and we always used Hawk and Animal as an example. And you know, I never 
Uh, I, I will never, the Road Warriors greatest tag team of all time, but nobody wanted to see Hawk or Animal wrestle by themselves. And most people did not want to see Bubba or Devon wrestle by themselves. The, you know, the Dudleys were an act, were a unit, were a successful unit in the WWE. Thus, I don't think people were buying into this Reverend Devon gimmick as much. People were putting money in the money plate. People were getting behind the character, but it doesn't, it never felt like creative was 100% behind it. Uh, guys, I, I remember talking to Devon because I love the character and I wanted it to work. And there was a couple of things that I suggested that Devon was like, no, nah, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. My mom, my dad, like, uh, no, that, that's on the fringe of blasphemy. And I said, bro, you need to, I mean, you really need to start laying hands on people. I mean, you got to take it to the next level. And he was like, no, nah, can't do it. I was like, man, you, you got to speak in tongues, man. Like, do the, some of the I, I mean, like, I mean, Mark, could you, ima could you imagine it. if he was like a faith healer and they would have had plants in the audience and he and Devon was saying to himself, I, I feel somebody out there and, and, and your hips don't feel too good. And they help the person into the ring and Reverend Devon lays hands and the person faints and they, they could have went so far. It, it could have it could have worked if he would have went all in. But his faith and his real, the real Christian in him, and the fact that it would, it would make heat, big heat at home. Uh, he he didn't go all out, so I think some of it was Devon not wanting to go that extra mile. But then, why not do a Jerry Falwell? Every time Devon came out, I would have had an eight hundred number, and I'd <laughs> had him talking. This guy, he's not right. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to save his soul. He needs this. The fans need this. Mr. McMahon himself needs this guy to be born again. Like, And then you have that guy entrance come and he walked to the ring against all his opponents. Like they just didn't do all of that. And some of it was creative and them not having a vision. And I grew up in the church, so I, I know what was entertaining to me. If they was if AEW was to do a gimmick like that, bro, I want to produce it. I want it because it's in me, and I, I know how to do that. But Devon, I, I he was like, "No, Mark, you trying to get Mark? You trying to get me kicked out the church?" <laughs> and if you ask, if you ask Devon, and from the little bit that he, that I remember, or that he did tell me about this. Um, he definitely said that there was somebody on creative who he felt was um, sabotaging him at the time. And oh. we, we'd have to get him on to fully understand it. But I'll, I, I've told you, Dave, the story, and I'll tell the, 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 our fans again, uh, the Royal Rumble in the garden where Devon returned. I'll never forget walking in the garden that day and Vince calling me over. Like I walked across the all of Madison Square Garden because he was calling me over and, you know, I'm, I'm putting you and Devon back together tonight. And that was all I needed to know where I knew that this experiment had gone the wrong way. And if you go back and watch that Royal Rumble, if you go back and you watch Devon's running on that match, the place blew. Yep. And that's all you need to know that the people were so happy to see the Dudleys back together. So, yep, that's my pick, Reverend Devon. Thanks, guys, for chiming in and, 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 good, and, 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 and adding to that. But, Mark, who do you have? 
I grew up watching wrestling, and I remember the first time that I saw Terry Taylor, and I was thinking, wow, this dude, I mean, him and Ric Flair were going at it. And yep. he was just, to me, I thought he was just as good as Ric Flair, and I wanted Ric Flair to get his ass beat. So I was all in. I was right behind. Come on, Terry, fucking go. And it seemed like it, it you go, there's there's a short list of guys that sell to the point to where you 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 like <laughs> you you emotionally getting your feelings and you want physical harm to come to the people that are hurting them. Terry Taylor was one of those people. He was that good a salesman. I put him up there with Steamboat. I put him up there with Dusty. I put him up there with Flair and Michaels. Like he was a master salesman. And just the way, like you punch him and the way his head used to go back and, 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 and keep wobbling. Like uh, there was stuff that he did that guys need to go and fucking study him. Everybody. He is, he was good, good. And then he was the red rooster. And like even the the, the music with the bro, it, it just it was like he had heat with somebody and they were intentionally trying to belittle him. That's what it felt like to me. I if, know if I have my story straight, one second, Tommy, because I actually want to ask you this question. If I have my story straight. Terry Taylor was almost Mr. Perfect. Uh, I re remember something like that. Correct. But when you talk about backstage, I, I have to double check this with Terry, but I believe he used to call the office once a week to ask if they had anything for him. And then it went to once a month and he would call and Pat would be like, no, not yet. And I, that, you know, Hey, listen, man, there, there used to be people when I had that spot, call me every day till I finally had to tell them, Nope, we have nothing for you and you become a nuisance. So don't know if that was the fact, but I agree with everything that you said with how Terry Taylor was in the ring is the best part about it, that the NXT kids are learning it. Um, before all the firings, Terry was like the second to last, his own master class where he was like, you go up the ranks and Terry would take people over until it was Sean. But I know Sean has a lot of responsibilities now, but almost like the finishing touches when you're in developmental was his spot. Cause he was oh so good in the ring. And it's so funny the way you say about when he, you punch him in the face. It, it remembered, I remember him dropping to his knee and also the way he would grab his face was just different. And he was just so good in the ring. And I mean, I've watched him wrestle Ric Flair to a 45 minute draw where the whole time I yep. thought he was going to win. And it wasn't just because Ric Flair was so good. It's because they were both so good and amazingly too self-taught. Um, he was a, a guy who just wanted to get in the business and learned on the fly by getting beat up. But because of his body and his looks, they quickly groomed him and was over in every territory that he worked until he went to and, and WWE. And it's a shame. And bully, I I remember hearing that rumor. I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that same rumor that that gimmick was supposed to go to him. 
But I remember, you know, January of 85, the match that he had with Ric Flair at the Superdome. I remember ordering that tape specifically for that match. And here's a guy that he's wrestling Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in the Superdome. Tommy, you're talking about a 45-minute draw with the Nature Boy Ric Flair. And then fast forward a few years later, and he's the Red Rooster in the WWF. Like it's it's the it's almost like like Bully and Mark, like you were saying, like almost like it's a it's a punishment. Like they they went out of their way to humiliate. I mean, it's one of the reasons at that time I stopped watching WWF programming because how can you do that to somebody that was a main eventer for a world championship and now has this gimmick that there's no chance that it could possibly go over because at that time they put gimmicky gimmicks on everybody yes i mean they had a guy that was a plumber tl hopper yeah anthony dirty white boy Uh, repo man uh you know the widow maker like even kerry von eric the dumpster drody but but like kerry von eric being texas tornado not even mentioning Come on, Drosy. Well, fuck you. Pronounce it. Yeah, it, it doesn't just matter. Did. It doesn't matter. It does. It didn't work. It doesn't matter. <laughs> didn't work. But 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 you know what, Tommy? Like again, I keep saying, like Kerry Von Erich has Texas Tornado. Not even mentioning his name. He's just the Texas Tornado, which leads me. I was just gonna say, you just kind of. <laughs> I know where you're going with your pick. Then see how There's he baited lot. us all to put himself over. I love it. <laughs> There's there's a lot, you know, that I can mention. I can mention Ronnie Garvin that went from being the NWA World Heavyweight Champion to being a referee in, in the WWF. But mine, and it still angers me today, Tommy from time to time will throw it out there just to get under my skin to get me angry. And I know it's almost like a badge of courage here in 2022 because a lot of younger fans don't really understand. Tommy uses the polka dots as his pants, as a tribute to to one of the greatest of all time, Dusty Rhodes. But the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, babyface wrestlers of all time, becoming the common man in the WWF. And just think about that. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes, becoming the common man and being dressed in polka dots. Now, I, and and Bully, I know you've said it time and time again on Busted Open. He was so good that he was even able to get polka dots over. But here's the guy that was a main eventer. But you know what? At that time, I'm sorry. He was a mid-card wrestler. You have one of the greats of all time, and you put him in polka dots, make him a mid-card wrestler. I'm sorry. To this day, I could never get over what they did to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Has anybody ever asked Vince or has Vince ever gone on record as to why? Okay, Tommy, you're shaking your head. Yes. Why Vince put that gimmick on Dusty Rhodes? Vince said he did it almost in spite because he heard that uh, this guy could get anything over. And Vince on the Dusty documentary, which you could probably watch on Peacock, um, said, I put him in polka dots. I made him dance and he got over. I put him with a valet who wasn't, you know, valet looking and he got it over. And it was almost like he 
Vince kept doing those things to him and he still got over. Vince said it with reverence, but if you really think about it, then it was in spite because he was one of the holdovers from the NWA that was kicking the WWE's ass back in the day. And then once he came over, it was just like, Hey, we'll see, but he still did it. And Dave, you say about my polka dots and yes, I wear polka dots for dusty. I will reveal when I'm dead because I wrote the letter and either my kids or Beulah will read it. Why I wear polka dots because I know even more stories that I will never tell until I'm gone of why I wear the polka dots. I do it because I don't want people to ever forget. But if you really think about it, I should wear when he was in the heyday of his career, um, you know, being the NWA badass. But I do it for a lot of reasons, which just is really between me and him. And I'll reveal it when I'm dead. So then you could talk about it when uh, when I'm gone. But it, it's super important. And then, you know, we've also talked to Cody and Dustin. What you got good out of that was Dustin was able to come in to the WWE and have a, a decent little run, but he had to change his gimmick to get over um, because he had to basically disconnect from his dad. Because you also got to remember his father was the brain trust of the NWA and yeah. booking a lot of stuff. So there's probably, again, backstage issues that cause uh, a lot of front... Uh, why things happen, I think. All right, Tommy, who do you got? My pick was how the hell do you do this to a man who not only had worldwide credibility in the world of college sports, how do you do this to a former WCW champion, the first ever African-American world champion, Ron Simmons? How the hell do you do that and make him Farouk? And I'm not talking Farouk in the nation. I'm talking about wearing a helmet, light blue attire, Spartacus Farouk, shave off his facial hair and just debut him as what he was debuted. Do you remember I, the, his original name, the full name? Hmm. Farouk. Assad, Assad. Very good. Farouk Assad. Yep. My God. I mean, how do you take that? I, mean, I, I remember when he power slammed Vader, how that building erupted and didn't think about it then, but I really think about it now, like the, what that meant to people when he first debuted, talk about what the hell is going yeah. on. I've, I've only been manhandled three times in my life. Not even the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, has ever manhandled me. But the three people who manhandled me were Bam Bam Bigelow and Farouk, Ron Simmons. I remember, Mark, think about this. Guys, think about this. For, we're in the WWE for about two months, and we just started working with Ron and John, the APA. And Ron is going to give me a power slam. And he's going to give me, you know, the running power, Sam, you know, off the ropes. And I said, uh, Ron, uh, how would you like me to get into this? Would you like me to jump? And he goes, no, I'll just take you like this. And in the back, cold, he just snatches me up and, and does this. And I'm all about 3.30 at the time. And he's just holding me in the end. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold you like this. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> just, do you guys remember? Dave, check this out. All the boys are in the gym, right? 
Wow, I can't believe right. I was going to know what you're going to say. We're all in the gym. Everybody's in their workout clothes, sweating, <clears throat> working out hard. And we're in the powerhouse gym in Detroit, I believe, which was a real old school gym. And here comes Ron walking in in his tight blue jeans, jeans, tight blue jeans, his cowboy boots, a white wife beater. He's got a towel over his shoulder, a little towel throws 315 on the bench press bar, bangs it out like 15 times, racks it. He turns to the boys and he goes, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> and that was it. Hey, Dave, also. Just muscles popping out everywhere. He would reach into his boot and pull out a comb. <laughs> comb his hair, put the boot back in, do another set. All right, boys. That's it. And this was also during the time when the WCW people were there and everyone was super duper jacked and there was kind of like a competition going on. He just walked in and put everyone to shame. I'll I, I tell you, I, I think the thing that made me smile and laugh the most, and, I, and I, I, Ron probably thought I was weird, but whenever he would, you know, I find out who he was wrestling and – um he would, you know, kind of go over what he was going to do in his match, which he really hated to do. And um, he he would talk to you so aggressively. He's like, what you do? Oh, I do this. I do. Yeah. Okay. Right. See, what I'll do is I'll beat the fucking shit out of you, right? No, with yes, the finger, sir. too. And then I will I, I will I will throw you in. You feed out, bam, power slam, roll out to the floor. So I, 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 I'll crawl like I'm gonna get you right. Like so, that's my that's my Ryan Simmons. And one of the few people he would look at you too, like, what the hell are you saying is stupid, or like I'm gonna beat you up. And he's one of the few people that he go, uh, uh, okay, Tom. And I'm like, uh, am I in trouble? Like, I don't know how to read him right now. But he was so, like, that's just Serious. Ron. And when I tell you, dude, like, he was, when I wrestled him in ECW, was, I was such a quick lesson about intensity and speed. And I'm in my early 20s. And I was having a hard time when it would be like simple as tackle, drop down. He's hitting those things like a football player. And I have to get up. And it's so funny. Bubba talked about the power slam. It was the only time I hit the ropes and he was just like, oh, no. and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what? I didn't know what was coming. And I got power slammed. And when I tell you, it felt like my boots were still on the ground where my head used, is now laying because it was that quick. And I've never felt a rotation or got lost in the ring because of how quickly someone spun me. And that's not with me jumping. That's with pure strength of someone taking at the time I was probably 240 and just whoosh, like if you were to flip a baby like onto the bed or like when you take your child, you do it slowly. But it was just like, whoosh, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the strongest man I've ever wrestled. Dave, one time it was the Dudleys versus Edged Christian versus the APA on a house show. And Michael Hayes happened to be the agent that night. Michael Hayes was never really a road agent. He was more of a TV and a pay-per-view agent. <clears throat> so we had to come up with a way to eliminate the APA first. And we were going to eliminate Ron. But R Michael wanted to keep Ron strong in his elimination. So Michael Hayes goes, 
I got a good idea. <laughs> hey, Ron, what if the Dudleys 3D you on the floor? And Ron Simmons looks at Michael Hayes and goes, fuck you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> at least we got to see a better, a better Ron Simmons because, you know, then he went to the nation then he was part of the APA. And then even if you think about how over the dam is, that if he walked out on any show at any time, if he literally showed up on Raw, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and hit a dam, everybody would hit it. I want them to get to a moment where Steve Austin and Ron Simmons are in the same shot at the same time. What? <laughs> dam. What? Dam. What? <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you, and they would do it. The, the entire arena. The entire arena would be, yeah. you could, you could, you could do a 15 minute segment on TV and people would stay with the what and the damn. They, they damn sure would. Think of even how they got over that backstage with the door that you have to walk through the, you know, that, that they got that over. But I mean, Ron and Ron's timing and as well as his comedic timing, just like his promo delivery, like in exactly what we're all talking about, like how he would wait, 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 roll the eyes, his facials. That's pure comedic gold, Jerry. But it's it worked for Ron Simmons. And one of the things that I loved about the the, the Ron and John story, you know, me and Devon's story where we were brothers. So you could have a listen. We had the same father and different mothers. Like so, you know, uh, my, our dad was white and his mom was black. And, my you know, my mom was white. And that's how we're still brothers yet. We're different, you know, different colors. But what I loved about <clears throat> the APA was when they originally went to the APA and they wanted this story about, you know, a black guy and a white guy. Ron was like, no, how about we're just two friends who drink together? It wasn't about <clears throat> black and white. And, and one of the things that the APA and the Dudleys have in common is that camaraderie of the closeness of a black guy and a white guy gelling together. And, and it's, it's one of the things that we all four of us have all, all had in common and are very proud of. And Mark, you said you were there when he got the helmet. Yeah, man. Uh, not, not what, 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 what is this? And then he went and talked to Vince and then I, I saw him later on in catering and he was sitting there with the outfit on, but not the helmet on. And, um, I felt bad because he was sitting there looking demoralized and I had never seen Ron look disappointed or demoralized before. It was painful. And um, I said, you're not going to, you're not going to wear the hell. He said, yeah, I'm going to fucking wear it. And you know, how you know, to change the subject because you know, the way somebody reacts to the, it, it just started talking about other shit because like it, it was, man, it was, it was, it was demeaning. Uh, he was a good soldier because he did it. Well, he got it. He got over anyway, but then that's, that'll be a, a cool talk about, I guess for next week gimmicks that actually worked. Well, we'll get into that with the next master's class, but a great master's class today, Mark bully, Tommy, thank you guys so much. Don't forget. You can listen to the Busted Open podcast. Listen, 
We drop a new show every single day, Monday through Sunday, the Masters class every Sunday. So make sure you tell your friends, subscribe, comment. We want to hear from you. Subscribe to the Busted Open podcast for exclusive content. Like the Masters class, you only get that here on the Busted Open podcast. Also, don't forget you can listen to Busted Open live Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Also, don't forget you could see what you've been hearing on the SXM app. And also, why don't you see and have everybody else see that you're a Busted Open Nation member? Go to podswag.com slash Busted Open for T-shirts, hats, glassware, hoodies. Get everything, please. We want to see you at these arenas. We'll take a picture. We'll post it on our social media. So make sure you go to podswag.com slash Busted Open. For myself, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, and of course, Tommy Dreamer, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Busted Open, the Masters Class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director of Sports Podcast. Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcasts, the legendary Steve Cohen. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.